Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Jacksonville, Florida, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Don't worry, we'll voice it for you. We talk about everything. Politics, TV, UFC, film, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's No Holds Barred Radio, folks. And what better to have on our show when it comes to No Holds Barred Radio talk than, of course, my co-host and producer, TJ DeSantis. How are you, TJ? I'm fine, Bruce. How are you? Very good. But none other than the man himself. The former UFC fighter, but a fighter for life, a tough man forever, and one of the sweetest, nicest, most intelligent human beings I know. Comedian extraordinaire, we have none other than Brendan Shaw. Brendan, how are you? Uncle Bruce, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm uh, going great. Everything's good. Life is good. And you just got back from vacation, right? Yeah, I was on a little, uh, I suck at vacations. I don't know how you deal with it, Bruce, but I, you know, one of my biggest kind of downfalls is I just, I don't stop and smell the roses. I don't take vacations. I love to work. It's really not work. I love what I do. So, you know, my wife has to plan things and drag me by the ears to get me away from work. But we went to Mexico and once I get there, I'm like, oh yeah, I did need this. I'm, I'm, I needed a break. So it was perfect timing because April really ramps up. So she knows what she's doing. It was good. Much, much needed, man. That's awesome. No, I can imagine. I know I text you you're on vacation. I didn't even text you again. Just take your vacation. But in answer to your question for me, I have pretty much the same thing because like both of us, we do what we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. We live life by design. Most people get up and I and respectfully so they go to work. We go to work, but we're living our lives, you know, and Correct. when I go on a vacation, I need two or three days just to get into that vacation. Yes. And my problem is, is I don't get but maybe two or three days to take a vacation. Yes, that's sir. That's my problem. That's my problem. Yeah, exact same thing. Yeah, we were there for three days, one day of traveling, two days there, and then, you know, flew home on the, the morning of the fourth day. But to your point, yeah, by the third day, I'm like, man, this is like, I'm trying to get adjusted. I'm trying to take my mind off work, trying to I get all this stuff going on. I'm not sleeping while I have anxiety. And then by that third day, I'm like, oh, I can finally relax and it's right. time to go. I get back to work. Exactly. Now, you were in Mexico, right? And did you go to Cabo? Went to Cabo, went to Cabo. I, you know, my wife is uh, born and raised in Mexico. So it's always interesting. You know, I have two Mexican kids, which I always forget about, but they, uh, you know, they thrive in Mexico. They speak Spanish, man. It's their first language. So my kids thrive in Mexico, but I'm, I'm just the gringo trying to make his way. And, you know, my, my girl loves it out there. Here's my thing, Bruce is, you know, the media thrives off scaring, you know, and, and, you know, that, that's how they get headlines, stuff like that. So, you know, I wake up, I read the news every day. I'm old school. I'll read the news, uh, you know, actual paper, I'll read magazines and then I, I'll read stuff on my phone, but you know, you get all these terrible headlines of the cartel in Mexico and stuff like that. So I had the worst anxiety going out there. I just told my girl, I'm like, 
what's the difference between Cabo and San Diego? Like, let's stay in San Diego, man, or let's go to Hawaii. There's no cartel in Hawaii, but you know, she goes there quite often because all her family's there. But man, the, the media got me, man, because the I got no sleep. I got zero sleep, just the anxiety of being there with my children and, you know, their security everywhere. And these guys have AR-15s. It's so intense. And so my, my girl, because she, you know, she's from there and she knows the lay of the land, we'll, you know, we'll have a driver. And by the second day, she'll get pretty, you know, f- the should become friends with the driver. So I hit her. I go, Hey, ask about the cartel in Cabo. Like ask her how bad it is. And, uh, she asked the guy and he's like, listen, and he speaks Spanish. So she had to translate. He goes, there couldn't be a safer place than Cabo because the way they, the, the, because on that Baja strip, the Mexico, uh, Navy has made it impossible for them to traffic drugs. It's right. too difficult and they can really kind of do their thing in other parts of Mexico. So you don't have to, this is literally the, it's basically the Calabasas of Mexico. It's as safe as it gets. So yeah. I was good once I heard that, but you know, the media, it worked on me, man. I was terrified. Well, no, it's, I'm with it's, you. it's funny about that. Just real quick, Bruce. I went to Sinaloa, which everyone knows about the cartel. It's the Sinaloa cartel. So I went to the heart of uh, the cartel country in Sinaloa. And there were definitely areas of the city in Mochis that I didn't want to go to as a, you know, a, a white honky American. Like they can spot yeah. me a mile away. But I will say this uh, where I stayed and, and there was a mall there. Like it felt like I was just at home, just with everyone was Mexican. I was the only white guy around, but it, like, if you stay to the right places, yeah, you're, you're fine. The, the one thing that I have heard though, where you can get caught up is if the federales are looking for someone from the cartel Correct. and you kind of get caught in the crossfire. Yeah, correct. And that, you know, you know, again, this could be propaganda, who knows, but the people actually died. Cancun has a real issue with it. Cancun, which is a hotspot for tourists and in Tulum, two Americans were shot there because they have this turf war going on there with the three cartels, you know, and cartel guys. Yeah, they're they're freaking terrible people, but they're also normal people and they want to eat at the nice places. And those nice places are the resorts and these five star restaurants where all the tourists are at. The problem is they're eating there. These other cartels don't care. So you get caught in the crossfire. So, you know, and, you know I, I talked about it on my on my podcast, the shop show and firing the kid. I talk about Mexico and how scared of it I am. And we got all these emails from people in Mexico and they're like, dude, you realize you're more likely to get shot in LA than Mexico. Look at the odds or you're more likely to get shot in Detroit or Chicago than anywhere in Mexico. I get all that. I, I get the emails. I love you guys. Thank you for, you know, educate me. Here's the difference, though. I know how to navigate L.A. waters. I know how to navigate Chicago. I was just there on tour. I know how to navigate Detroit. Mexico, I don't know what the hell's going on, man. I, I stay, you know, I stay in my hotel, man, and just freaking don't sleep with anxiety because I watch Narcos and freaking, you know, all these <laughs> cartel shows. Yeah, that'll screw you up. You know, the bottom line, even the cartel needs a vacation. And Cabo San Lucas is kind of like a, a buffer zone or a demilitarized zone. You yes, know, it's sir. one of those little peaceful areas. But, you know, for years, even when I was surfing in um, Tijuana or Rosarita Beach beside Tijuana or whatever, and I can't, I'm not a fan of Tijuana, no offense, but it's called keep $40 in the left pocket, your wallet in the back. So if you can stop by the Federales, you hand them, unless mm-hmm. you're Brian Ortega. I think Brian Ortega had a problem with this recently where he got, they took his passport or whatever a few weeks ago and he had oh, an wow. issue with the Federales. But I'm, my birthday is in May. And um, I was contemplating the south of France or Tahiti or depending on the length of vacation I want to take. But I'm either going to go away with a friend or I'm going to do a boys trip. And uh, my boys and I were had a poker game here at my house this week. First poker game I've had since COVID, man. First live oh, poker congrats, game. Oh, congrats, man. 
I gave everybody a rapid test coming in. I still want to make sure I do of it course. right. Of course. But it was a great game, and um, you know we'll go down and rage in Cabo for five days. I, where did you stay? I like staying at the Esperanza Hotel. I love, they have I amazing five stars down there. Yeah, we stayed. I, I know the I know the last name because it's in English, but it's something Mexican, Rosewood, and it's a really yeah. really nice. Yeah, it's great, man. Great, very great, nice. great, very nice. Yeah, when you when when, when we were, go, yeah, when we were our last night there. Cause my son's uh, friends were there and his parents. So we had this big kind of dinner with the kids and the parents at the restaurant there. And that was the first night we got in. Then the last night I went back with just my family and we we're leaving us around maybe nine 30 at night. And uh, one of the workers at the hotel meets us goes, Oh, I'm going to walk you back to your hotel, to your room. And I was like, man, they're super friendly here. And I turned behind me. I see a guy in all like black jungle camo, like full blown military AK 47. And he has a mask on. And I'm like, who that? Why is this? And he's following us to the room. And I'm, I have my, I'm holding my son like this. I'm like, this is so strange, man. So my girl's walking with, uh, in front with our six year old and she doesn't notice him, but I see the guy, I track the guy right away. I'm like, why is this guy following us, man? So I put my son down just in case something pops off. And then we get back to the room and I don't want to alert my girl because she wouldn't sleep well. So I wait till the next morning. I said, hey, do me a favor. When the guy comes in here to drop off breakfast, ask why that guy when the camo outfit with the AK-47 was following us back to the room. So she asked guy, he goes, oh, there's a really high profile celebrity here. And whenever he comes here every year, when he comes, he hires six to seven like military guys to just walk the walk the premises to make sure nothing happens i'm like That's what good for you too. it's good for you yeah, too. it's good but it's also like is there something i should be worried about like an ak-47 man you know while i'm eating my shrimp tacos <laughs> well it's a very safe shrimp cocktail at that point listen the biggest thing i worry about and i got warned about it when we even went to mexico city with the ufc it's kidnapping okay yeah, yeah. and and there was a time with because of the way they would kid what they do is they Obviously, they check your bank accounts or they know who you have money, whatever. Yep. This was a big problem. Arizona, at one point, just about five years ago, give or take, was the number one kidnapping state in the country, in the Jesus. U.S. Wow. And it was because people copied the, um, the systematic or the formula that they would in Mexico, and they checked the bank accounts or they had you know people in the banks that would let them know who's got the money. You got a quarter Jeez. million in the account. They steal your kid. They want a quarter million. Yep. Right? Horrible. 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 And I'm, and I get to be honest, I'm easy to kidnap, Bruce. I would be super easy. Uh, you know, if you, if you, you know, cabaret eggs, candy, maybe have a nice dark roast coffee, I will jump in that van. And then you guys, <laughs> you're going to have to do full blown taken style. And hopefully you have a special set of skills, Bruce, and get me out of there, man. Oh my God. Well, you know what? Anything happens. Um, I know people with special sets of skills. Right yeah. Now, so. That's we'll what I'm talking about. Brother. Charles Bronson style. Yeah. yeah. Charles Bronson style. We'll come get you. Hey, I, I love it, man. Right now, because Brendan Schaub is talking about how he's kind of like a scared traveler. And TJ, like, turn up turn up your mic just a little we're bit. We're fine. All right. So uh, Brendan Schaub's talking about how he's a scared traveler. Brendan Schaub can beat the shit out of people. I'm a scared traveler, and I can't beat the shit out of people. And I, I go to Cancun like six times a year. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty like alpha right now. Well, how, yeah, you no should. Matter, you yeah. should. But no matter how much of a Superman you are like Brendan, uh, numbers can definitely you know kill I mean, those they check my bank account sure fine the ransom's gonna be like 75 dollars <laughs> <laughs> 70 bucks to get tj yeah. back across the border yeah getting that tj have lunch all right <laughs> <laughs> okay let's talk about some other crazy thing obviously i want to talk to you about um the oscars and the will smith mm. slap now 
it's it's been you know written about and everything and right now um they're pausing all the will smith projects at least at last notice have been paused you know he's paying the price for the for the shitty thing that he did the ridiculous yeah. thing that he did now comedy clubs i've seen have posted signs my big concern and one of the not concern but one of the key questions i want to ask you is what does this do for the hecklers of the world because there was many worse things said in that oscar by the three comedians comedians who did the great job of hosting the show for sure um to other people before that ever came up um he had no idea about her situation medically and we all we've all read all this so i'm not going to rehash yeah. all of that but now it's like okay you're in a com comic club you're doing your thing you get the hecklers I mean, what's to stop a heckler from coming on stage? Because nothing was done to Will Smith. Now, in normal circumstances, he should have been removed immediately. It was complete assault. He could have been arrested. Will, uh, mm -hmm. Chris Rock could have placed charges. I think Chris Rock handled it beautifully. I mean, I think you or I probably would have put him on his ass, you know, uh, right mm -hmm. then and there, or at least, you know, fought back and not not ever. I, no man slaps me in the face. That does not. No, happen. no, no. I'd rather you punch me than slap me. Yeah, well, bitch slap is the worst thing you can do to, oh, to a man. Nothing more demoralizing. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's so demoralizing, and you know. Anyway, I'm sure I love combat jujitsu. But how does this? How, how do com, how do comedians feel about this? Was it immediate? Like, holy hell, what's going to happen to me on my act? Or is it calm down? Or are there any post? No. Yeah. Or what? No, I, I know a lot of comedians, uh, you know, got online and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook or whatever. And we're like, oh, this, you know, this is going to make it worse than the comedy club and stuff like that. I didn't view it as that. I viewed this as one billionaire slapping another billionaire at a, you know, a, a movie uh, festival. So as far as comedy clubs go, it's pretty safe, man. And they also have security. The, the issue with the Oscars is where was security, man? How, how can you just have a right. random dude run up there? The the, the the one thing I will say about comedy clubs is security is pretty good. And the, the other thing to that is, you know, I still roll with a pretty big crew. You know, I got my my big brother there, Jay, who's my tour manager. I have Mark Harley with me. They're at the, on the side of the stages watching everything. So you don't have to worry about me. You're not going to get to me. You're, you're dealing with these big buff dudes, you know. So and then also the security. But also, you know, and I've dealt with my share of hecklers. To me, it's like uh, as a comic, you you know you got to be ready for anything. That that you know, I assume there's going to be hecklers. I assume there's going to be people talking or something like that. So usually, and it's they're not going to wait till I get on stage. They're going to do it with the host. They're going to do it with the you know the feature Spell Lacey or David Lucas before me. So I'll be able to look from the back and see them and have kind of some ideas in mind where I'm going to go with it if they start mouthing off. And, you know, sometimes for the audience, it makes for a unique experience because, you know, I do a roast show with Crystalie and Theo Vaughn, man. This is what I do for a living. So if you decide to heckle, you're going to get lit up, man. It, it, it actually provides more of an entertaining show for me. I've never, ever had an issue with somebody trying to come on stage or anything like that. You know, I, I don't think people are stew enough to rush my stage or I don't think Joe Rogan worries about it you know for these right. other comics who might be a little you know um you know more fragile i, th I think maybe they have to worry about it but you know the certain comics man if you're gonna be a heckler boy you're gonna get your money's worth because you want to heckle you know andrew schultz or david lucas or tim Dillon or joe rogan you know you're gonna get lit up man you're just gonna get lit up so i don't think it's gonna become like this copycat thing uh, that's the least of my worries especially with my audience because people paid money to 
sit there and watch me talk. I can't do my act. And if right. you're a distraction, dude, I, I've, I was in Atlanta a few weeks ago and this, we had a heckler in the front row, this lady, and I lit her up, man. She kept going. And then I could feel the crowd because my crowd, man, it's a home, it's a home field advantage. I feel my crowd start to turn on her and I made right. fun of her roots because her hair dye was bad. So I kept calling her roots and she would keep talking. The crowd started chanting roots, 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 roots. And oh, I could, it, dude, I thought they were going to rip her from limb to limb. And I went, well, hold on, hold on. We're not going to do this. We're not going to bully this girl. So I looked at her, I went, are you done? Did you, did you get the spotlight you need? Are, are we good? I, I said, I can do this all night. I, I have the skill set to do this all night. I have a loud mic or are we good? And she goes, we're good. I go, can we shake on it? And we shook on it. I told the crowd, I'm like, she's cool. Everyone be cool. She bought like six hoodies after the show too. So it's very <laughs> confusing. I don't get why people do it. It's very confusing, man. Hey, you know, it's uh whatever. I mean, people are so unpredictable and um, listen, I come from the days of Don Rickles. Okay. Yes. And I don't know if you ever see Don Rickles act. Of I've course. seen him live a half dozen times at the Riviera Hotel in Vegas when it was up. Man, if anybody could rip somebody a new a hole if they came at him, much less just say things that are a lot stronger than Chris Rock even said, there's no way people like Will Smith could even sit there for an hour to Don Rickles thing. If that's not how, a chance, that's how not a chance. No, I. I, I uh, Go ahead. Real quick, if you don't mind, you know, when I when I think about your your career in the octagon and, you know, fighting an opponent, I, I feel like you're somehow more vulnerable with a microphone in those situations because it's it's not necessarily a um, defensive posture, uh, you know, with the microphone as it is like with in a fight in a fight. You have your techniques and you're fighting one person. But when someone mm -hmm. comes at you in a game where you have to be quick witted, that, that can be a, a sort of a, a chess game of a completely different nature. Yes and no. I mean, it's literally what, what we sign up for. And then remember, I'm around Theo Vaughn, Chris D'Elia, and David Lucas. So, you know, it'd be like being in training camp with John Jones, Stipe, and, you know, uh, Hamzat. So right. I'm around just these monsters and, you know, I have to be able to keep up. So I have this tools, you know, this, this kind of, you know, your Swiss army knife. So I have the tools where if someone's mouthing off, I almost encourage it, man. Cause man, I'm going to light you up. I got, I get some stuff on my back pocket. That's going to go pretty well. And I know it works and you, you know, you're probably, you know, you're a barista at Starbucks. How do you think this is going to go, man? I literally do this for a living. Like it's not right. going to go well. I, I was telling, um, I had a show the other night at the Hollywood improv and the, the, we do a shop and friends twice a month there and it's Dalia and Callan and all the boys. And we have, you know, big pop-ups, Theo pop-up or, you know, just monster comics will pop up and the crowd was pretty, pretty, you know, feisty for whatever reason, you know, it just depends. Just sometimes are feisty, man. And I was telling the other comics, I said, you know what this is like to me? Comedy is, it's like you're a lion tamer in the circus. You got to control, you got to take command and you got to show no kind of uh, chink in your armor. Cause soon as you show a little bit of chink, uh, uh, a little bit of kind of crack in your armor, they're going to take advantage of it and they can smell it. It's like a shark in the water, man. They're going to smell it. So you're a lion tamer and you just got to cut the shit from the top, man. You can't give them an inch. You're a lion tamer right. when you're doing, when you're doing stand up comedy. Cause you want to go to Philly and Boston. You want to go to Philly, Boston, New York with the, you know, those crowds, man, they're, they get, they, they get dicey. You know, you're, you're trying to tame, you know, if you're doing a theater, you know, 1200 people. So you got to really kind of be a boss up there, man.
You got to be in control of your environment. You got to be the man and taking control and, and, yes. and leading that pack. Yes, Without sir. Question. You know, I always say, um, well, first off, let me, before I go to the next thing, you mentioned John Jones. I'm going to segue for a second. We're going to talk a little UFC later. Sure. Thoughts, John Jones, heavyweight, up to 258 pounds, doing the training he's doing, the weight training, the whole bit. I mean, still, we're still waiting to see him fight. What's your take on all this, and how do you think John's going to do in the heavyweight division, knowing how well he you've worked with him? Yeah, you know, I, I trained with John's at Jackson's, and this is when he was, you know, in the kind of his his now he was already champion but he was still young in the game you know he would really only train with heavyweights you know he would be we do what they call a shark tank where he would stay in for five rounds and a fresh guy would rotate on him every round well those fresh guys rotating in we're all heavyweights i won't mention names i, I don't want to you know throw anybody under the bus but sure. these are heavyweights you guys would know very very established world-class heavyweights I've seen what John at, you know, when he's fighting at 205 would do to heavyweights and what he did to me, uh, you know, you, you, that guy's, that guy's your next heavyweight world champion. I, I would bet my last dollar on it. Yeah, he is. Wow. And uh, to me, to me, he's the pound for pound best we've ever had. If, you know, I take outside what happens in the octagon, the antics, stuff like that. I don't co-sign any of that stuff, but as far as his body of work inside that steel cage, I, you know, he's the best we have to offer, man. I, I think he's that good. Do, do you I, think that he's maybe more beatable or less beatable at, at heavyweight? Because to me, there's some stylistic matchups based on his last few performances at 205 that I think, man, him against Francis, like I, I lean towards Francis. Him against as Stipe, far as him getting I, I hit? lean towards Jones. You're, you're saying as far as, jo as Jones getting hit in those last few Jones fights? Getting hit. Yeah, he's been, he's been getting tagged a little bit. If he gets tagged like Agreed. that at heavyweight, I don't know if it works out. No, you can't do that, But and he's very aware of that. Uh, you know, I would chalk up his last fights at light heavy when he kind of said this i think in a tweet or something like that you know and again this is no shade towards those competitors you know uh uh santos and uh anthony smith and uh dominic reyes they did a phenomenal phenomenal job to me it was more of john being one foot in one foot out i don't it's i think if you look at the guys and the caliber that he's fought and the big moments he's had inside that octagon it's tough for him to get up for these young lines and he's doing just a bare minimum and he's still getting by. So the thing that makes John special, yeah, you know, his attributes, he's tall, he's long, he's creative. To me, there's nobody more mentally strong than John Jones. His fight IQ is so high. So when I saw him getting hit and kind of giving rounds away, I went, oh, he's not he doesn't, he's not into it. This isn't John. Like, so I, I, I know I'm, I'm riding hard in the paint for John, but I, I, I've seen a man, I've seen a lot of guys. I've never seen a better fighter in my life, man. Never, never, I agree never. with that. I think he's the greatest we've ever seen of all time for sure. I, I do too. I, the only thing that he's his own worst enemy. Yeah. 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 The, you, the things incredible. that you bring up to say that he's not the goat have nothing to do with actual com com competing no, and fighting as a fighter. He definitely, I agree with both of you tremendously you know the, the thing that's frustrating for me brendan is that with all these delays and um the issues he's had you know in his private life that have caused him not to be able to fight you know i won't go through all of we've all read about them yeah. he's probably lost anywhere from 20 to 40 million dollars in the last correct number of years and his patience level with the money he's made still having the passion to work towards that heavyweight belt I admire that, considering that financial adversity he's put against, which would weigh the hell on my head forever, you know, that I'm not making that money. 
But now we get down to the fact that it's like Conor McGregor. You know, he pauses. He hasn't really won a fight for a few years. We all know the story there. Yet he wants to come back and take on and fight for the championship. So now John Jones comes in. Is it right to put him into a championship fight, or should he be have a couple reps as a heavyweight and be tested till he challenges for the heavyweight? How do you think he should come back into the octagon? I, what what I think is going to happen if you know if I'm Dana White or I'm the the UFC brass and you know I'm in a meeting today a marketing meeting, you know that that and I do think it's going to happen. You know I, I bet again I'm a betting man. I bet bet a good amount of money. I think the the big kind of main event fight for that July that big summer card that they do around the right. expo will be John Jones versus Stipe for the interim heavyweight championship. You know John's body of work he deserves that. Um, yeah. you know, as far as Conor McGregor goes, you know, money talks and ratings talk and, you know, he's that guy. So, you know, even Hamzat said this, you know, he was like, you know, if he wants to fight tomorrow, he's going to fight for the belt. I, he goes, it's a business. I get it. You know, I run a business. I get it. If, if again, it's, it's no shade towards Dana White. I, I get it. I get that. That's why, you know, I was talking about, uh, on the shop show on Monday, you know, Jake Paul, I don't, I'm not sure how you guys feel about him. I, I know him and his brother pretty well. I, I love both those guys. You know, if you can take out the hate that you have for Jake and Logan Paul for whatever reason on YouTube or whatever, you, the, the one thing you can't deny those guys is, especially Jake, is he's putting in the work. You know, he's won professional fights. The fight between him and Connor is going to happen. I will guarantee you guys that fight happens. It's the, the, the question is, does it happen within the UFC? Again, if I'm the UFC and I'm in my market mean today, you know, that oven's already preheated. That cake, that, that pie is being made. If I'm the UFC, it's like, all right, do we do another McGregor DS three? Is, is or, you know, is, is that what we're going to do? Uh, Cause we know this, this Jake Paul, Conor McGregor fight. They both wanted they're both going to make a ton of money. If I'm the UFC, man, it, it's it I, I want to be involved i want a piece of that pie because i guarantee you it's gonna happen so play ball man it's the same thing with francis and tyson fury i guarantee you guys that fight happens if i'm the ufc it's like all right you can you know play hardball with francis and he moves on he's a free agent that tyson fury fight's gonna happen now tyson fury versus francis and connor versus jake is exceptionally better if the UFC is, is involved. I guarantee it because there's nobody better at marketing than UFC. They're the best to ever do it. Dana White is the best to ever do it. I want them involved. I want them to find a way to make both those fights happen because I don't want it to happen, you know, under just a boxing promotion. I don't want uh, Jake Paul Connor to happen under just, you know, Triller or some bullshit. I want Dana, the best promoter to ever do in combat sports, to have his hand involved in that because he's going to be a great product. And that's why I go so hard in the paint because I want the UFC to figure that out, man. And I agree with you completely. And we're talking boxing, not MMA. Um, I know Logan very well. Logan and I were just texting each other last night about his WrestleMania uh, performance this weekend, which oh, he, he did he a great, did great job in at. That. Oh, my God. I, it was incredible. How, we'll how athletic is that kid, man? How athletic kid, is freaking Logan Paul? He is, what is he, 28? I mean, he's before. He's not even in his prime, although it can be considered his prime. He is, and I'm saying this publicly, of course, as good as I've got to know Logan, uh, I know Jake to a degree. Even Logan tells me he can't control his brother. We know Jake's a you know a free spirit Jake's in wild. his own right. Yeah, Jake's wild. Yeah, yeah, he's a wild. He's a wild man. Logan is one of the most intelligent people. He's a smart cat. 
Bruce, I'm, I, I say that all athletic. the time. Bruce, yep. I say that all the time. As far as, you know, Logan and I used to live mm, two miles away from each other. So we'd spend a lot of time at each other's house. You know, with Logan, it's when you meet him, you get to know him. You know, his success isn't an accident. Everything is no. calculated. He's such a smart businessman and he's obviously mm-hmm. great at promotion. So I respect mm-hmm. that hustle. No matter what shade or hate you have on the guy from his old YouTube days, I get that. But as far yeah. as just an intelligent guy, it's, a, you know, I said the same thing, you know, Bruce, when he came through here, you know, you're that. You know, you're that uncle, you and I, you know, we might not speak for a few months, but when we get together, it's, you know, there's no weird oh, awkwardness. Yeah, it's, we pick up right where we left off. But when exactly. you left, it's like, you're the same guy. You're so intelligent. You're such, you know, your worth, work ethic is so inspiring. It's the same thing with Logan Paul is like, you know, I don't think people realize how much you know, business savvy things you have going on from, you know, your, your, you know, your, your whiskey and, you know, all this stuff you have going on and your, your, your freaking, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. But again, none of this is, you know, because of luck or by chance, like all this is because of no dude, what are we talking about? It's your work ethic, man. And business savvy. And, you know, I appreciate that of Logan Paul. I appreciate that of Jake Paul, man. That's, I respect the hell out of it. And I appreciate Can I just say this, guys, real quick? I think the reason that there's hate for the Paul brothers is because the barrier for entry to be in front of anyone is incredibly low. Anybody can do it. And I think a lot of people misconstrue the idea of being successful in those you know realms where anybody can do it as a shortcut to being great. And it's not easy. It might even be harder to be great on those platforms because you're going against literally the world. Everyone that tries to sign up to be a YouTuber wants to be the Paul brothers. They built a, a, a sort of industry that was never really you know there before and they've dominated that and that's not like you said brendan that's not because of luck that's because they've honed their talents and skills and have gone out and executed perfectly well absolutely but let me add this one little thing i in my book i have bufferisms i call them my book and one of them is bsc and i don't do anything without bsc which is balls skill and confidence and if you don't have that, you might as well get up from that table and find another game. But you do need a little 10% luck factor in everything we do, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I don't base myself on luck. I don't wait for things to happen. I make them happen. No. You don't succeed yeah. because of and, luck. And I'm going to give you the same for today. I have this little book that is on my desk. A girlfriend gave this to me some 20 years ago. And I started off on January 1st every year with the saying every day. And just coincidentally, today, April 6th, is to be successful, you have to keep moving. After all, no one stumbles on something sitting down. Okay? Correct. Simple as that. Totally as simple as that. And Logan and and Jake, you know, a lot of these other celebrity fights, YouTube fights, TikTok fights, I'm still waiting for Michael to get a couple paychecks where we were stiffed on because they didn't do the numbers. They all think they're going to do, you know, they all think they're going to do Logan Paul, Jake Paul numbers. That's not the case. They proved it. I would love for this boxing match to happen. I would love for Dana to be involved. He is the greatest promoter of all time. He's proven that. And I would love to announce it, you know, and let's see if it happens. My big thing about Jake Paul and Connor is there's a huge size differential there, you know, when you look at it. Not huge, but there's a definite size differential. Yeah, it's a bigger. I get that argument. Jake, Jake's bigger for sure, but you know, if you if you've looked at Connor lately, he is a big boy, man. He you know, he's he's pretty yeah, thick. Connor's never making 45 again and packing it down. Yeah, the idea yeah. that Connor ever fights a 45 again is not not a thing. Not happening. Think, it will never happen. I don't think he no, it's not happening. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do think there is a world where, you know, Jake and Connor figure out, you know, a weight thing and Jake cut some weight to make that fight happen. I, de I definitely think that happens. Do What's, you uh, think what weight was the Woodley fights at? Once, uh, one. Was it 80 or 190, wasn't it? I'm guessing. I'll have to look it up. But, I mean, look, I, I think you get close to that. Like, Tyron's a big welterweight, but he's not super big. He definitely would be bigger short. than Connor as well. But I think you can get yeah. in that sort of ballpark for Connor because Connor's a lot longer than a lot of people sort of think he is. Agree. It's his shoulders. The, uh, uh, Brendan, do you think that the, um, the verbal spouting that Jake has done about Dana, uh, Dana being, you know, how I can react to that where, you know, he sits down with Logan and on his podcast, they have a cool conversation. Do you think the words that are spoken by Jake about Dana could interfere with Dana's want to even work with him? No, I think Dana is a complete businessman and he sees the dollar signs behind Jake. I think where Dana, if I were to be critical of anything with that stuff is, you know, Dana's older man. And even for an older guy, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's with the Nelk boys and he's doing that stuff. And, yeah, you know, he's, he's right. pretty hip and stuff like that. But when it comes to kind of social media and cutting promos and stuff like that and editing videos, the, the Paul brothers, the, there's nobody better, man. So, you know, Dana, he, he met his match there, you know, because it's literally all Jake does. He has his black belt and ripping promos and YouTube and editing. And, you know, he wants this beef. So Dana kind of played right into it, you know, and Dana did a, you know, kind of a, a, a FaceTime thing, you know, with bad lighting. And, you know, my dad would do the same thing. It's, it's, it's just, you know, he's older. The thing is, right. if you're going to do that, Jake, Jake lives for that stuff, man. He lives for it. So he's going to go, oh, you want to play this game? And then he just yeah. he's making music videos. He's he has captions and a sizzle reel and he has graphics. So it's he's, he's it's not very, you know, when it comes to that kind of social media game, Dana's a plus 2000. You know, it's a, it's a tough right. gig for him. So Jake's going to win that world, man. But um, more power to Dana for even putting his toe into that water and playing that game. But at the end of the day, I, I truly think Dana's a businessman. And if I'm telling you guys the fight's going to happen, you know, trust me. Dana knows this, so I'm sure he'd be open to it, you know, because you know they 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 want ratings, and and that would do it. Hey, yeah, I'm the weight class, the way. money talks, and people walk. I mean, that's the, just the way yep. it goes. The weight limit yep. for that uh, Paul and Woodley fight was uh, 192. Uh, Jake weighed in at 191. Tyron at 189. Do, do you think Jake could make 180? Uh, I th man, that's interesting. I, I bet you Connor's such a savage. He would even give up a few pounds. I bet he would say, Hey Jake, as long as you make 185, I'll do it. And I bet Connor comes in around once, you know, high seventies. I bet he'd be down for yeah, that. I think that's a There's so much like, money like in that, that man. There's yeah, so I much money for that. Well, you know, speaking about so much money, you're talking about a boxing match and you know, Logan and Jake have made tremendous amounts of money doing the boxing as we know. So now he looks at Dana on his podcast says, Dana, put me in the octagon. That's what uh, Logan and I were texting about last night. And Logan's words were that it would be one of the greatest moments ever for him to do that. He really wants to do that. But and I know that you, I'm, I'm not going to get into what UFC pays. I personally think in the world of MMA, you know, yeah, there are exceptions. But if you're a newbie coming into the UFC, you're making more money than you're making anywhere else. And, yeah, we all have the contracts and we can talk about that all day long. Would it behoove Logan Paul you know, the money he would make for a boxing match, 10, 20 million or more, would it behoove him to go into the octagon 
financially or more from a point of passion to achieve something new in his life, no matter what he's paid. How do you view yeah. that? And do you think he could even yeah. fight that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you'd have to ask Logan if it's a money play, keep doing boxing. But if it's for your legacy and just kind of earning the respect of the fight fans, you might take a financial hit fighting the UFC. You're still going to get paid more than 99% of the roster, but it makes sense for him, I think, for his legacy to step in there. You know, Logan and, and Jake, for that matter, were both pretty successful wrestlers in, Ohio, in the state of Ohio in high school. Yes. And that is, you know, right. if you know anything about high school wrestling, Ohio is pretty deep in the game when it comes to, to wrestling. So, Top you know, those guys state for sure. What'd you say? Top five wrestling state. hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really good out there. So, you know, th those guys have some background in that. You know, I, I think it's about the matchup for both the guys. I guess Connor makes sense for Jake. Um, I, you know, I think they would definitely entertain it. Uh, and I just think as far as an exposure thing, I, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me. And again, it's not like we're reinventing the wheel here. You know, the UFC allowed CM Punk to fight, man. And I'm a fan of CM Punk. He trained with Henry Gracie in Torrance Academy. I've been around him. He's such a good person. He's such a nice guy. He trained yep. his ass off. You know, he's just older and came to the game late and didn't have the experience. And they, they gave him Mickey Gall, who's a savage. So, but it's also, you know, listen, I like the Lakers. You know, I can't play point guard for the Lakers. It's not in the cards for me. So, you know, I'd look ridiculous out there. So I think for CM Punk, it was a, you know, it was a tough task. But I, I think the difference there is with Logan and Jake, they do have a background. Jake has several professional fights. The 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 odds and the the kind of demand in the spotlight can't get bigger for those kids. It, it, it doesn't bother them. I, I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, I worked for Showtime when Logan Paul fought Floyd Mayweather and I was the Logan Paul quote unquote expert and I had to go into right. his locker room before the Floyd May Mayweather fight. And I was like, oh, he's going to be shitting his pants, man. He's fighting the best to ever do it. He's you know, he he's never won a fight. I go back there, man. I'm not joking, Bruce. You would have think he was in Cabo getting ready for a massage. I'm, I'm telling you, there's there's nice music playing, and he's like, dude, how about this? This is crazy, right? I'm like, how are you not shitting your pants? He's like, oh, it's all I've already won, man. No matter what happens, I've won, dude. This is it's. He's like, we're in a simulation, man. This is nuts. And I was like, this is the chillest locker room I've ever seen, Logan. This isn't normal, dude. You're an alien, man. You're backing up everything I said. Cool cat. I am a big fan of the Logan Paul of the of the 2020s. I'm a big fan. I got to know him before, yep. and I was a fan of the man. But what he's done in the last two years and where he's going, I'm a big fan. And what you're talking about in business, even though he would make – look, the pay-per-view share alone will make him millions of dollars because he's going to bring Correct. twice the amount of eyeballs to that UFC event he's in than probably we would get on a normal pay-per-view night with a big star in the octagon, okay? Agreed. So he negotiates that correctly. Granted, his guarantee might not be what he normally gets, but that pay-per-view share is going to be huge. It's going to be 10, 20 million. Okay, he, he can in, do in whatever a, he wants. In a perfect too. world. Excuse me, one second, TJ. Yeah, go ahead. What we call that in business, and this is not maybe the pro proper definition, but on Logan Paul's level, it's called a lost leader. Okay, mm -hmm. you go in, you do it for exactly what you're saying for Brendan, and he gets his his uh, his future, his glory, his legacy, everything, and it just makes his brand stronger than ever. It's Correct. a definitive move he's got to make, and I hope to God that we share that octagon one day in the next year or so.
But really the, b- the ball is really in his court to do whatever he wants. Totally. I was blown away at what he did totally. at WrestleMania. Like he he I, I don't know how many pro wrestling matches he's worked. I'm not really a huge pro wrestling fan, but he hung in with with everyone that he was around at WrestleMania. And that's the biggest stage when it comes to wrestling. Like if he wanted to be a pro wrestler, which I think he'd be amazing at. He could go do that. If he wants to be a mixed martial artist, there's a lot of opportunities there. Obviously, we've seen what he's done in boxing, and he could just forego all athletic competition and just be a personality and and sit back and live a a much less rigorous life when it comes to physical exertion. The dude has... He's got the keys to the world right now. He could do two events a year. He could do one WWE. He could do a UFC event, make a tremendous amount of money, or, you know, a boxing event. You know, get six months in between to train and rest and heal and everything that's involved. But the pizzazz he brings to the stage when he walks in, aside from his personality and everything going on around him, I mean, come on. He had a he had a five point two seven five million dollar Pikachu illustrator, you know, one of one card hanging around his neck in diamonds and jewels. Crazy. The man's a showman. The man's yep. a showman. Yep. You know what, TJ, to your point where you where you said, you know, he can do anything he wants. My only caveat with that, with the UFC, I don't think he can. I think sure. the only reason him and Jake, for that matter, aren't in the UFC already is because of Dana White. Because I, th- you know, because Brock Lesnar had an extensive, you know, amateur wrestling background, and then obviously CM Punk had no background. But the UFC, at the end of the day, is the highest, you know, uh, comp- competitive mixed martial arts league in the world. It's 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 a legit organization as far as sports goes you know we're in the top five in the world nfl nba um nhl mlb and the ufc man so you know and there's premier league soccer globally stuff like that but the ufc is they're right there man so i think for dana it's a fine line to walk it's a very fine life I, you know, I think you can do a one-off, but it, you know, obviously he's not going to have a career inside the UFC. So I think for Dana, they're, they're trying to figure out, yeah, they can make money, but in the grand schemes of things at the end of the day, does it give the sport a black eye that we're letting these quote unquote YouTubers right. compete in the UFC? So I really think that's the issue for Dana White. And then also for Jake Paul, he goes, I'll fight, but you have to up the minimum pay for UFC fighters. I, I think that's really not the hill to die on. I I love that he's doing that and he has the yeah. power to actually make a change in fighter pay. The issue there is if he were to win, and that's the caveat in his contract, if he were to win, the, the Dana has to pay a certain amount of money to these uh, incoming fighters. You're talking you know, over a 10 years period, hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's actually not worth it for the UFC. If you're Dana White, it's actually not worth it. So I think Jake's going to have to get rid of that if he does want to compete in the UFC. Very, very good and very, very sane point. I I completely agree with you. Um, Speaking of UFC, we've got a big show this weekend. A little uh, opinion of you on the the main event fight uh, between Alexander Volkanovsky and the Korean Zombie. Uh, what's your take on that? You know, I, I'm excited for it. I definitely wish it was Max Holloway. You know, I, I love Max and yeah. obviously he had an yeah. injury, but he, he will be there. Um, I would love to see, you know, that trilogy fight with Volkanovski and Max. I think that's the fight. But man, I'm not I'm not mad. You know, take my money, UFC. I'm not mad at a Korean zombie coming in there because, listen, I think he's a plus 700 or something like that for good reason. Exactly. Vol- Volkanovski is yeah. a great. But man, if there's a guy who could pull this off, the Korean zombie comes out like a goddamn band. 
Comanche in those early rounds. So I, I do think Volkanovski is going to have some troubles early on with Korean Zombie because he's he is a vet and he has fought for the title before against Jose Aldo. Um, but you know, I, I think Volkanovski will eventually finish him in the third or fourth round. But it's a fun fight because there is that kind of curveball where Korean Zombie has this the skill set to pull it off early in the rounds. If I'm the UFC, and listen, nobody rides Hamzat's hairy Dagestanian nuts harder than me. I am the biggest Hamzat fan in the world. To me, the come up, the a fighter story. If you remember when Connor was coming into the game, or even John Jones for that matter, I love the story of the come come up for these fighters. When when right. when there's a budding star, and you're seeing him go through the levels of the UFC at the highest level. And we have all this hope and passion. We're hoping it works out. And a lot of them don't man, but with Hamza, from what I've seen, man, this dude is the real freaking deal. I'm all yep. in on him. If I'm the UFC and this is no shade on the other competitors, the UFC post should be UFC 273 and just have a picture of Hamzat and say the as real as it gets. He's the Dagestanian boogeyman. I'm all in on yep. him. I think, you know, he is the next version of Conor McGregor for us. I think, you know, he's just such a talent, man. And the stories I hear about him in training camp and, you know, training with Darren Till and what he's done, you know, at Alliance and in Sweden, the stories I hear about this freaking dude, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. He's a monster. So Gilbert Burns, you know, ranked number two and Hamzat ranked number 11. Um, you're obviously picking Hamzat, you know, come out on top. Oh, oh, Bruce. Hey, don't get it twisted. I'm picking Hamzat damn near over everybody in, in the welterweight division, the middleweight division besides Izzy. I think Izzy posed some problems for him at light heavyweight. I think he's a handful for any of those guys. I, you know, yeah. I'm all in, man. I'm all in on Hamzat. I, I, I've never been more excited about a fighter since Conor McGregor. I share your views exactly. So now we talk about Hamzat coming up and, and a lot of the big fanfare or maybe fanfare from his own mouth is with Patty. So look, give me your take on Patty because he considers himself the next Conor McGregor or the next big mm. diamond for the UFC. I do see him as being a big star in the UFC, but how do you feel about yes. all the hype behind Patty? Yeah, I think it's well-deserved, you know, coming over there uh, from London. I, I, I think he's a monster. He could have sold, and he's done that previously. You know, he sold that uh, O2 Arena out before, you know, before he was in right. the UFC. So he's a huge star over there. The, the, the difference between Hamza and, and Patty is, I love Patty. I absolutely love Patty. He just has some work to do because if you watch his first two fights in the UFC, he's, he gets hit and that's alarming to me. He, he does get hit and as the, right. you know, and he's not making a ton of money right now, which, you know, there's argument. He should be making more money. He's such a big star. such a big draw, but also he only has two fights. So, you know, you, you, you eat what you kill in the UFC. That's the name of the, the, the business. So I do think they can pump the brakes a little bit on him. He, he's definitely passed the test so far and he's had some uh, sensational victories in inside the octagon, but he has a ways to, he, he's not at the Hamzat level where it's like, Oh, he can fight anybody right now. And you know, I, he could probably beat anybody. I, it's tough to argue with Patty. I'm all for it. And again, I love the, it's romantic to talk about him coming up and watching the glow up of Patty, but he has been hit and he's not fighting this upper echelon talent. So that worries me a little bit. And he's also at 55 where it is a shark tank. 
You look through, you know, I, I don't think Patty's ranked in the top 30. You look at one through 30 to get to that, to, to even crack the top 15, you have to be a fucking savage, an yeah, absolute savage. Those guys, yeah. one through 30, are good at everything. They're all monsters, man. So yep. I, 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 what I do like with the UFC, and they're, they're doing this with Sugar Sean O'Malley, is they're they're letting him get experience. They're building him up. And then, you know, Sugar just signed a new contract. So now he'll get some tougher opponents. But I, I like that of the UFC because in the past they haven't done that. And, you know, Ed Suarez told me this when I was uh, competing in the UFC. One of his guys got an offer. I think I got some fight offer. I go, God, tough matchup, man. He goes, hold on. This is Ed Suarez, you know, Anderson Silva, Big Nog. He, he, he was the manager of everybody at Black House. He goes, hold on. When this is, he goes, this is my thoughts on the UFC. If you're in the UFC, you should be able to fight anybody at any time. You should have be, you Absolutely. should have the skill set to be able to compete against anybody. He goes, we are the NFL of mixed martial arts. It right. doesn't matter who you face. You should be able to find a way to win that fight. He goes, that's why I say yep. yes to every single fight. He goes, and if you can't, you shouldn't be in the UFC. And, you know, it's, it's tough Great. to argue with him. So for Patty, I do like, you know, I think if I'm his manager, I'm in his ear, go, I know you want to get paid more. Here's the issue. If the UFC gives you this huge contract, they're not going to start, you know, you're going to be fighting real dogs here, man. Let's just, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We've seen, you know, it's no shade on Darren Till, but they threw him, they catapulted him to the top right away. He just wasn't yeah. ready, but he has the skill set and the, the mindset, I think, to come back from that and, and be a champion. But they really threw him to the dogs, man. He just wasn't ready. So with Patty, right. I want them to take their time with Patty. I really do. I couldn't agree with you more because, you know, it's almost like boxing, you know, they they do build you up, the promoters. The difference in boxing is the promoters cannot work together to make the best fights that are available for each fighter. Here you have the best fighters in MMA um, with respect to the other organizations where there's a lot of fine fighters. Um, but but it ain't the along. UFC, Bruce. But it ain't the UFC. I know. I listen. The UFC. I know you work well, you for the UFC. Is. I'm I'm alumni. When anybody argues me with these other leagues competing with the UFC, the thing is about the UFC is any division one through 15 to get a, to the title shot is damn near impossible, man. We have the deepest rosters. We have the most talent from top to bottom in every single division. So are there guys from other leagues that can compete in the UFC? hundred percent. Some of them could yeah. beat a lot of the guys. I get that. But, but if, if you have a, uh, a, a 10 fight career, those 10 fights in UFC are going to be some bad motherfuckers. In other leagues, you're not fighting tough guys till your eighth, ninth fight. It's like boxing. In the UFC, there are no warm-ups, man. It's damn no. near impossible to have a successful career, man. It, that's the difference. The other difference is, too, and I mentioned this when Francis Ngannou was on my show or on our show, and I mentioned a term, and I got picked up on it by some people out there listening, and I think they misunderstood for Francis to leave the UFC and MMA from reasons of outside deals, license deals, commercial deals, building your brand, the kind of money he can bring in because being an international star, they should be throwing huge million dollar contracts at him outside Agreed. of whatever he makes at the UFC. But you need to be in the UFC to maintain that kind of international relevancy. Correct. Am I wrong? You're hundred percent right. And I'm very yeah. close with his, with his manager, Markel at CA. I'm with CA. I talk to Markel all the time. If you're not in the UFC, it's 
you know, you can say you're world champion, this and that, but it, we all know, man, unless you're the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, it's like, right. you know what it is? It's, and it, again, this is no shade on any other promotion, but it's like no, the, sure. the MVP of the CFL going, I'm the best quarterback in the world. It's like, no, you're not. You're not playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're not playing against the fucking, you know, Cincinnati Bengals defense. You're playing against guys who couldn't make it in the NFL. And I guarantee you, if you ask every single champion of every other organization, hey, would you rather be champion of, insert whatever organization you want, or champion of the UFC, in their heart, they would all go, man, I'd I'd rather be UFC champion. Because everybody knows that's... It's the Coca-Cola of MMA. We're, the Grail. It's it, right. man. Yes. And, uh, you know, you it's crazy up, to me uh, anybody argues it. You don't grow up being a quarterback trying to win the CFL championship in your backyard. It's, it's the Super Bowl. And uh, to, to that end, too, even if you don't work out in the UFC, even if you don't capture a title, the label of UFC veteran still commands you more money on the regional circuit if you are fighting the outside trying to get back 100%. in. There are a lot of UFC veterans that, I mean, that's their, that's their ticket to, to making significantly more money than their peers on that regional circuit. I'll give you another example on a personal level. It's um, I won't say who, I won't say what. But I've had some pretty crazy, a couple of crazy offers. Let's put it that way. I bet. I don't want to announce any other event in MMA except the UFC. That's what I get up for. That's what I live for. That's what I wake up every day for. And if I ever leave the UFC, I'm done in MMA. I'm just done. I'm just retired. I, don't, I, I can't see myself personally working anywhere else. Now, no, well, but, end, why would why would you, Bruce? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would, would you? To, to me, yeah, it would, it would it'd be like, ah, Bruce is doing that? Like, what happened? Like, one of the reasons I'll be completely honest, you know, one of the reasons I left Showtime is, you know, Showtime's in business with Bellator. Bellator has great fighters, but I, dude, I bleed UFC. I've had my issues with Dana. Those are squashed. We're good now. I've had my issues with the UFC. I was on Tough 10 alumni. I fought in the UFC. I'm a UFC veteran. I know the UFC like the back of my, I love the UFC, man. It's what I cover. So yep. with Showtime and granted, they're in business with Bellator. They go, hey, man, you got to cover Bellator fights. You got to do this. It's not what I do. It, it, it's just right. not what or, or what I want to do. And, you know, I, I love Aaron Pico and I, I love AJ McKee. And there's certain fighters, Ryan Bader. I, there's some great fighters over there. And Benson Henderson, all those guys. And Phil Davis. I love all those guys. But I do too. my thing is UFC, man. That's what I like to do. So one of the reasons I left Showtime is I don't want to cover other organizations. You know, so the one championship, they have some great fighters and some huge fights. And yes. I'll definitely yes. highlight that. And I love what they're doing. They have some phenomenal fighters and DJs over there. And, you know, they have Matt Hume helping out. Like, it's great. But as far as, you know, when it comes down to it, meat and potatoes, I'm a UFC guy, man. And that's how I decided to go on my own. I, I just... I bleed UFC, man. It's, it's what I know. It's what I love. I'm with you all the way, and I, I couldn't have said it any better, and I think we both proved to the world that that's just the case. We know marketing, and, and I'm gonna, I, I got to pay you kudos, Brendan. I, we've been friends you know, since that first flight we had sitting in the, in the front row of the airplane having our fun conversation. Yes, sir. Like, you know, you're, you're my guy, man. I, I love you, Brendan. Yep. You're, you're a great no, I guy. I love you, man. Thank you. And I, and I respect you so much, but the pleasure of me watching you and your, your own evolutionary process is how you've grown to where you are today. I've been mm. able to watch your, your own educational process. Now you've put it to work and um, you're a role model to your own sphere of influence and you need to keep that going. And I know you will. So yeah, when you thanks, say brother. something, people should take word when you say, you know what the hell you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that there's I no appreciate question. it, Bruce. 
Thanks, brother. You know, you talk hey, about people. People like to pleasure. shit on Chubb though a lot, and that's one thing that I admire about Brendan is he knows sort of his role. He's a polarizing individual, yeah. and when you get those haters, Brendan, that's when you know you've made it, my friend. It, it, yeah, every, I, I, it comes with the territory, man. I, you know, you look at uh, you take a guy like you know you look at anybody who's operating at a high level. You look at Drake or Kevin Hart or Joe Rogan, for, who's a close friend of mine. Brendan. Guys who are at the highest level you'll realize on social media, they get the most hate for a reason. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's tough to hate on a guy who's not winning. So for me, it, it doesn't bother me. I, again, I don't pay attention to social media. I don't subscribe to that world. I, you know, I just keep moving, man. I keep moving, keep creating. And that's all you can do. I, I, I just, I don't subscribe to it. You gotta be a shark because two things, um, people love you on the way up. And then they mm -hmm. can't wait to see you fail. They can't wait to tear you down. You know, it's Correct. just human nature. Not everybody. Yeah, I'm just I get saying, it. Those haters. And you better have a thick skin in this sports and entertainment world because sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You got to have th it. Thick is spelled T-H-I-C-C -C as well. Three C's, okay. three C's. That's the only three way. C's. If you spell okay. it with two, you're good. You spell it with three, I'm going to have to, you know, charge you. There you go. So before, a couple of things before we go, you know, Brennan, we talk about football. You know, one of the been been one of the greatest funnest things in me and all the different sports i've worked in because i do so much out of the ufc as well as in the ufc is the raiders gig i love coming oh, out i love of seeing raider you games. on that man i love it's seeing so, you on that bruce oh my god those monday night football games and you know the raiders in vegas what a you know what kudos to the raiders for having the, uh, the the balls to bring you in and you know when you do it that crowd goes nuts man it, they go awesome. nuts. And also, the AFC West, you know, I'm a huge football fan. The AFC West, they're going to be a better division, and the Raiders are going to be damn good this year, man. So it's going to be a fun time oh, for know. you, Bruce. The, the acquisitions they've made and everything? Monsters. Yeah. Yes. Monsters. It's going to be a fun season for what? you, man. Uh, you know what? When you're in Vegas or whatever, we'll coordinate it. We'll talk personally. But come to a game with me. Oh, I'd you love know? that. I would love that. Yeah. Hopefully come. it's my Broncos so with Russell Wilson. You know, hopefully, hopefully you're not sad because we got Russell Wilson, man. I'm a Denver kid, so it's going to be can't a good game. Can't wait to see how Russell plays with Denver. I'm really looking forward to that. And if the Raiders get good enough while I'm with them, I mean, they consider me a teammate now. Um, I get the ring. If they get oh, shit. Oh, damn, well, son. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to have to root for the Raiders, Bruce. I want you to have a Super Bowl <laughs> ring, man. God damn it. You know how hard that is to do for a Denver guy? Root for the freaking oh, Raiders? But I'll do it for you, man. Difficult got to be difficult but it's a, it's a totally cool gig and yes if we can coordinate it come to a game with me okay oh I'll yeah all set up. yep yeah my word man all right listen you and i work together i don't want to give anything out of the way but you've got your big special coming out on april 28th so let us know about that yeah the special comes you know it's been four years in the making it's a 30-minute special um you know i i you know i always walk to the beat of my own drum i you know i i sat down with companies you guys know you know the big dogs and uh had some offers to put it on those platforms and you know I, I asked them in these meetings and my agents were there and they i know they hate this i go so what exactly are you guys gonna do you know i'll get i'll give you the special but what what are you guys gonna bring to the table and they broke it down for me and i would leave every meeting going i could do that myself man i could do that myself so um you know i i, I think after seeing the way kind of the media and Hollywood treated Rogan and some of my other friends. I, I just, again, I don't subscribe to social media. I don't subscribe to, you know, the way Hollywood deals with uh, people. 
And then I found myself waiting for this okay from this major network, which they gave us the okay, which is, you know, made me feel good as a, as a comic. I went, oh, wow, that's cool, man. I got, you know, the, the acceptance from this, this big uh, conglomerate company. That's great. But it, it's just not in my nature. So um, I told my agents, I went, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it all myself, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my team shoot it. I'm going to put it on Thick Boy, and I'm going to release it myself. And they went, dude, we feel like that's a bad idea, blah, blah, blah. I said, it just it makes sense for what I do, what I represent. So uh, taking a chance, man. You know, I, I funded all myself, shot it myself, color corrected it, edited it. We have commercials, sizzles. Uh, it's coming out on Thick Boy YouTube. You'll see me all over promoting it. I'm going on Rogan, Schultz, Logan Paul, uh, Santino Show, Rich Eisen, Adam Carolla. So I'm just blasting this thing out myself, man. And uh, it drops April 28th, and uh, we'll have a. You'll see a ton of promotion for it. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Oh, that's awesome. So what you're saying is. You did it all yourself. You did it with passion, and you're taking a puncher's chance. <laughs> yes, sir. You know it, Bruce. I love it, I love man. It. I love it. Where are we going to be able to see it? Where, where will we be able to see it? What's the deal? On 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 YouTube. That that's the you know my my that's that's, that's, that's why that's I decided. Your thing. That's yeah. why I decided to do it. My my demo is eighteen to thirty six males, and most of my audience is on YouTube. Obviously, all my podcasts are on YouTube, so. I'm putting it on YouTube. It's free to everybody, so the masses can watch it. The it's called uh, the Gringo Poppy, the Gringo Poppy, and it's 30 minutes of being married to a Mexican. And uh, you know, it, I worked my ass off on this thing, man. Four years in the making, and it's 30 minutes of fury, man. So I'm looking forward to it. I love it. You know what? Send us a clip, and we'll promote it on the show. You know, whatever we can do to to add extra eyeballs. But that's great, Brendan. You got it, brother. It's such a pleasure. I, I'm going to ask you after we cut off, just hang for two seconds with TJ and I. You got it. Yeah. Um, but because uh, I wanted to mention something to you. Last thing, uh, and congratulations on God, I love watching your career grow. Uh, you're watching winning the Lakers thing on HBO. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. What's interesting about that? It's funny you mention that, Bruce. Is I have a good friend named Jeff Dye. He's a, a comic. He's been on Fight Campaign, Firing the Kid. He's a great comic. He's really, really close with uh, Jenny Buss. He's really close. And he goes, you want to come to the Lakers game? I go, and I never go. I never do anything. I'm a dad. I'm usually home with my kids. I go, what time is right. the game? He goes, eight. I go, well, my kids go to bed at seven. They won't even know I'm gone. So I tell my girl, I go, hey, my friend invited me to the Lakers game. I go to the Lakers game with him. This guy is Mr. Laker. He, I'm, we walk. They don't check his tickets. We walk through. We're sitting next to Jenny Buss. He's busting her balls on how bad they are and trading away Caruso. And I'm like, what is happening, dude? I had no idea, man. And, you know, so I got I'm, I've always been a Lakers fan. I'm a Nuggets fan, but I'm a Lakers fan by trait. So I think being around it. And then once that show came out and just. Yeah, it's just that's such a special show. But to, before we wrap, you know that the Lakers and the Bus family didn't sign off on it, so HBO is being sued by the Lakers, which makes it even better. Which makes it even more yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's it's amazing how they they uh, portray some of those characters. The acting's awesome. That oh. and the Pam and Tommy uh, Hulu uh, series. Yes. is two of my favorite things on TV. That, that was, was so awesome. good, dude. Me too, Bruce. I love Pam, Pam and Tommy, man. Seth Rogen's great in it. Adam Ray plays Jay Leno. He's great everybody. in it. So, Yeah, everybody and the girl. And it's not so much about the, the sex tape, which was a real violation of privacy, but it was about the history and the moment pre-internet. All that stuff came together. It's, it's so good. It, it makes so me feel good. like it's 1998 when I watch it. Yeah. Yes. Wild. It's 
it's wild. And what's cool is now, you know, now they have laws against that. And, you know, if someone to blast, you know, a sex tape out like that, bro, boy, are you in trouble now? They can track you down and there's recourse from it, you know? So I think that's the good takeaway is now there's actually laws and prevention from people doing that. Exactly. All right, Brendan, we're going to sign off, but again, hang with us for two minutes after we sign off. Um, Go ahead. Uh, tell us. But we've already talked about everything. But is there anything to say? When, when's you want this, to put out? Yeah, I'm a chatty Kathy. Sorry, Bruce. When's this? When's this air? We'll drop this uh, Thursday. We, we post it uh, tomorrow. Thursday. Oh, nice. Yeah. This, so next weekend, I'm back on tour in Phoenix, Arizona. Stand up live Thursday, Friday, Saturday with the Thick Boy crew. And then the week after that, I'm in Austin, Texas at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. I'm headlining the festival at Cap Cities. And then the following week, I will be in Austin uh, doing Rogan and doing the whole gamut of podcasts promoting my special that drops on the 28th on Thick Boy YouTube. So I appreciate awesome. you, Bruce. TJ, it's been a long time, my man. Always a pleasure, Brendan. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, Brendan. Hang on one second. I'll sign off. TJ, anything to say real quick? No, nope, just uh, extra rounds returns this week. It'll be uh, me and Vanessa Demopoulos breaking down the UFC fight card that features two title fights. So do not miss that. That is uh, coming up on, I believe, uh, Friday. We'll be live breaking that down. And then Saturday, immediately following uh, the fights, you can find extra rounds on the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page or anytime uh, archived on UFC Fight Pass. Very cool. And everybody, I'll see you from the Octagon on Saturday, UFC 273, Jacksonville, Florida, Alexander Volkanovsky, Korean Zombie, tons of other great fights. Mickey Gall's fighting, Raquel Pennington, Aspen Ladd. I mean, there's some good fights on this card. So I'll see you from the Octagon. Everybody have a great week. And remember, when you step on that path to be the best you can be, set your goals, write them down, and be the best you can be. Whether you're number one, number two, number 10 of the champion, the fact that you're the best you can be means you're winning. And that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. It's about winning. Have a great week. See you next week. Buffer out.